In a world where truth is suppressed, information is censored, and alternative ideas are silenced, one group refuses to be muzzled. Despite shadow bans on social media, low downloads, and crickets on Patreon, one group refuses to be a mainstream media puppet. Today, we honor the heroes of the cannabis airwaves. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the Podcasters. All right, everyone, thanks for joining us, and welcome back. We have another great show in store for you today. Montel Williams is here to talk about his show, Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Montel, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, sir. I am so glad you could join us. You know, like everyone else in the world, I knew you from your talk show, but it wasn't until I saw you in person. You were the keynote speaker at a cannabis conference that I produced in L.A., a couple of years ago that I really, really appreciated just how dynamic you are in person. And during the, during the keynote, you had the audience on this journey of emotion from laughing to crying. And, and, I, and I thought about it afterwards. And I think the reason that you had us in the palm of your hand was just that you made yourself vulnerable. You were open about your disease. And I thought that was a great place for us to start today. Over the last two decades, you've lived with MS. Maybe you can start off by telling us a little bit about what that's like. I'm very blessed. About an 18-year active duty, 22-year full-term history in the U.S. military. And graduated from the United States Naval Academy. I got a degree in engineering from the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. And I'm a person who doesn't accept just someone telling me things. I like to find answers for myself as much as I can. And so... I should have been diagnosed with MS back in 1980 before I graduated from the academy, but the doctor misdiagnosed me for about 20 years oh. to the point that I finally got diagnosed. I, I live by this kind of moniker in my own brain that no human being walking on this planet is God. So if doctors were God, none of us would be sick. <laughs> so that means that they don't know everything. And the reason why they are doctors and they get to put those little letters behind their name is because they went to school and they studied. I can go to school and study myself. Not that I think that my own course of study is any greater than what theirs is, but at least it gives me an understanding of what their baseline is when they're talking to me. And so, you know, when I was first diagnosed with the disease, uh, my doctors told me I would be in a wheelchair in five years. Well, I was 15 years ago and I'm still not in the wheelchair. So clearly their crystal ball isn't as clear as they think it is. <laughs> and why? because I set about trying to understand what this was I was afflicted with. You know, I needed to dig in as deep as I possibly could to find out all the information I could possibly find out about MS and then try to figure out, is there any little jewels or tidbits of information that will tell me how to cope with this and deal with this better? Everybody's disease who has MS is different. Mine was such that my disease was affected considerably by my lifestyle the way I eat, the way I, I exercise, the fact that I needed to take medication. I believe in Western medication, but I don't think that's the end to all. And so I recognized very quickly on that just Western medication regimen was not going to be enough for me. And I started digging in deeper and deeper and deeper and started finding out some things about cannabis. And one of my uh, biggest symptoms from, from my disease is neuropathic pain. 
Well, in the toolkit that doctors have in this country, a toolkit was and still does only include opioids. And I found out very quickly when I figured out that I had an aversion to opioids, aversion meaning they didn't work as well for me as they work for other people. And I was taking five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven pills. I was one of those before we started, you know, screaming about the opioid pandemic and the opioid addiction crisis in America. I almost addicted myself to opioids. I had a doctor friend who was a good one who said, who was writing some of my prescriptions, told me, I'm done with you. I'm not writing anymore because I know what you're doing. I know you're out doctor shopping and I know you're out hunting for pills. And so I've reached out to about four or five of the other doctors that I know that you're getting pills from. And they're not going to write you any more scripts anymore. This is back in 2000. And he said, but I have heard Montel that there is this weird effect that marijuana has for people who have your type of MS where they have got relief from, better relief from that than they do from the opioids. So and he wasn't saying opioids at the time he was using the pill names. So he said, I think you want to, you're a smart guy, do some research and you'll figure this out. So I started back in 2000, long before it was Vogue, looking for cannabis. And he said, I know there's something called like CB something, CBC something. <laughs> he couldn't even explain to me what CBD was and didn't recognize the fact that he didn't understand cannabinoids, period. So I want to make sure I get clear to people that CBD is not the end all we all thought. Cannabis has been researched and researched for over 50 years and for the last 30 years, you know, the doctor who has been considered the godfather of cannabis, Dr. Mishula, who I interviewed in his laboratory in Israel back in 2010, has stated unequivocally that cannabis works better in the entourage effect when you make sure you bring in all of the cannabinoids. And so, but though I took this advice and started searching for higher CBD-laden cannabis and then started to recognize that there was efficaciousness long before it became vogue again 10 years ago i've been looking for cbg i've been looking for cbn i've been looking at thca cbda looking at all of the very cannabinoids because we know that the plant has somewhere close to depending on what you listen to between 150 and 250 cannabinoids and try to make sure i do a full spectrum with some emphasis on other cannabinoids and that brought me relief and relief enough that, but I think that's one of the things that we have to differentiate in the brains of humans. So when we say, well, that helped relieve my pain, it may not have actually relieved your pain as much as it puts your brain in a direction that makes that pain more palatable okay. and, and makes you not literally focus on that pain, but focus on other things. And so I've used cannabis always since 2000 really 2001, every single day of my life, trying to mitigate the pain, the spasticity, the leg cramps, the leg uh, spasms, and it has worked. Yeah. And what I started to find out for me, I wanted to make sure I could share with others. So I went on a mission back in 2000, long before it was when I couldn't get any support from anybody in Hollywood. I couldn't get any support from anybody, even high times back then. Okay. I couldn't get support because people were afraid of stepping forward. So I started speaking before legislatures all over the country. I testified before legislatures in New York, and Connecticut, and New Jersey, and Florida, and Arizona, and California, and Oregon, and all over the country, trying to ensure patients like me had you know, clear access to a medication that could give them some relief and take everybody else out of the conversation except for them and their doctor. <laughs> 
and that's been really what's driven me now for 20 years. I've been in and out of this industry, creating my own brands and um, helping other people create their own brands and and being a champion for the cause to make sure that people again have untethered and unfettered access to medication that works for them without anybody else running their mouth and getting involved in the conversation. It's so important that somebody of your stature put your name behind it. And that's just had a, had a lot of guts. I'm sure there was some pushback early on. Is that kind of what prompted you to start the podcast? Well, no, not that there's a pushback, but, you know, in, in recent years, I, I had the time. And, and in the last couple of years since we've been doing this, and we've done well over 178 episodes or I've had, you know, and, and it's all about creating awareness and education and giving lifestyle tips and, and doing some B2B, helping people understand what they need to do to, to be successful at running a cannabis business. The winds of change and the landslide against is as prevalent as it's been since the first day that any state legalized. Hmm. And that's one of the things I think this industry is forgetting. We think, oh, yeah, great. We're in a great day. It's the green rush. It's no green rush. They have states like, what, like North Dakota who are trying to fight the will of the people by trying to see if they can get rid of voted in legislation that says let's make cannabis legal. Every half the states that are out there in you know, New York passed. Okay, They passed last year. Why is there not administrative rules and regulations on how to implement a program of value? Because there's too much pushback in a world where you've got a product that no matter how you try to rape it, like we've got companies like GW Pharma with Epidiolex charging $30,000 a year. Are you kidding me? For a plant that's a weed? Yeah. Stop. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. And for those who thought we're in great times right now, we are not in great times right now. we got a president of the United States who still thinks cannabis is a gateway drug. Yeah. we got a vice president who lied and said that they were going to do something about cannabis in the first day, 100 days of their, their term and haven't done a thing and made sure that while she was the attorney general, the level of nonviolent cannabis arrest in the state of California and convictions went through the roof. We are not living in times that are as cannabis favors as most people think. Well, it even makes it more important for people like you. And I think with your podcast, you have access to a lot of other big name stars and they feel comfortable on your show enough to talk about their love for the plant. I think that is is helping to drive this in the right direction, hopefully. I, I have a great clip from an interview you did with your friend, the legendary rapper and actor Redman. Let me just play this right now. I hope that by being by yourself and being kind of not stubbly, but at least being by yourself, it doesn't put it back into a closet. I don't think it does. Like I was just in a room where not that many people, we were masked up, but we was all smoking in the same room. We looking at it as like, hey, the, the smoke is just going to block any COVID that's floating around. We're going to smoke this area out so bad that COVID not even going to survive. Any COVID that's coming my way is going to fall right to the ground from this cannabis that I'm blowing out. (laughs) That's just great. He's not telling that story to Jimmy Fallon. He's telling it to you because he feels comfortable with you. That was just classic. 
Yeah, I think one of the things that, that Red Man, and, uh, who is Reggie Noble, for all those who don't know, but Reggie, he calls me Unk. Literally just did something that I think is going to be one of the most important things that has been done for the cannabis movement in the last 30 years. And that is he and his team filed for federal authority to put together the National Cannabis Party. So now, like the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, there is a party that's called the National Cannabis Party that has right to put candidates up in states all over America for very legislative positions. And I think once people recognize how powerful this could be, we may really have now finally a solid federal voice that no one can tamper with. Yeah, I saw you just did an interview with him about that recently. Yes, that's one of our episodes that just aired recently. But I've, I've had, you know, I've had uh, Jim Belushi on, Tommy Chung on, uh, Cooper Andrews on from Walking Dead, the celebrities, and then I've had some of the top doctors in the world, from Dr. Jordan Tischer, from Harvard Medical School professor. I've had even Britton on, who's a former NFL player. I've had people on from working with an organization of cannabis from around the world. There's an African cannabis company that's called Afro Helios, now getting ready to jump into the marketplace. I'm also working with a cannabis company out of Columbia. I'm really working with and trying to get the word out to make people number one. I think the biggest problem with cannabis in America is education. Unfortunately, we've done, I think, a fairly decent job in this country and a fairly decent job in doing B2B education, business to business education, but we've done a really shitty job when it comes to B2C, educating the consumer and letting the consumer know that there's a viable option. The fact that there are some people who still believe that cannabis is a gateway drug, that means the cannabis industry has done a bad job. The fact that there are still people out there who think that cannabis is highly addictive, that means the cannabis industry has done a bad job. So we need to get out and start educating. I had a doctor on the day, from George Washington University, Dr. Mikhail Kogan, who just wrote a book about the medical marijuana, his take on medical marijuana. And he's literally getting, you know, the likes of George Washington University to step up to the table and understand that this should be included in integrative medicine because we recognize that the medical community has done such a poor job in educating themselves mm-hmm. on options that are available to them right now. Yeah. I know you're running late on time, but before I let you go, you're one of my generation's best interviewers. For aspiring podcasters that are listening to this show right now, can you just share with them a little advice on some of the things you've learned from interviewing people? I mean, one of, one of the most important things, I think, to be a good interviewer is to be a good listener. You have to. You can go into an interview thinking that you have I put together 10 questions. Well, those 10 questions could be meaningless after the first two minutes of the interview if somebody <laughs> says something that you weren't paying attention to or that you were paying attention to and you decided to go in that direction instead. I think one of the most important things is to listen. The second thing is own the definition of who you are as an interviewer. And don't be afraid to share that definition and share who you are. Because I think that that's the most important thing that the people who are coming to podcast or people who are coming to watch, you know, formats where one person is interviewing another, they, they really want to get a sense of who the person is that they're listening to. That is, that is such good advice. And like I said, when I saw you in person, <laughs> you, you're you. There's no there's no other Montel. And for people that want to listen to Let's Be Blunt with Montel, there's a new episode every week. 
on all the major podcast sites. So please check it out. Montel, this has been such a real honor for me. I'm a big fan. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, sir. Maybe let's just do a little shameless plug, but I've got one that's going to come up within the next two weeks, which is Dr. Mikhail Kogan, who is a doctor of integrative medicine and palliative care from George Washington University. And I got to tell you, you got to listen to this doctor because he is spitting some truth that everybody needs to hear. Well, I will make sure the links to that show are in the, in the show notes. But and people have to listen to that. Again, thank you so much for doing this today. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.